0: presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, Mo Patton alongside, as always, and Man, what a what a terrible weekend we have to react to. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But we've got a lot of reaction to get to. But before we do that, Mo, uh, tough weekend, but it's another week. Start over. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hope spring's eternal, I guess. I don't
1: know. And, and, you know, as you really consider the weekend, I'm not sure how terrible it was. I mean, last night... Last night, even worse, uh, last night reminded me of some of my old math classes where you know you, where the math teacher says, Show your work. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got at the end of that game to where we expected to get to, but the way you got there was what made it disappointing, I think.
0: Well, as as I've seen on Twitter today and other times, I feel like I would have just been better off getting blown out.
1: I, I mean, I can, I can see that. I, I see that. I've said that. I, I get that. At the same time, I think the way they lost really gives you some hope. I mean, they competed. They played toe-to-toe with a team that is considered to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, sure. I think the defense was on the field way too long. And I think that led to the third and 17 conversion and everything that happened from there on. And, and, you know, also
0: Bud Dupree being off the field on third and seventeen, unfortunately.
1: Well, he was off the field for most of the second half, I think. But yeah, you know, again, that kind of speaks to maybe some depth over there. I'm not sure, and, and I don't guess we need to get too far into the weeds no. as far as well, that goes. Well, I mean, it's the next segment, but we we got a whole hour and a half. But I mean, <sighs> yeah, I, I think there are some good things to be taken out of that, and I think we also had some things confirmed.
0: Yeah. I would agree with so, that. So I think we we do. We we're going to get into it. We're going to have a whole segment on the Titans and and last night's game. As disappointing as it was, like you said, I think we did learn some things. I think we got some positives out of it. And I think mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, to me that seems like a. Uh, it seems like a win, even in a loss, last night for whatever reason. But. I
1: I'm telling you, for that team as it was constructed to go out to Kansas City and lose by three in overtime, come on. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you can say what you will, but that's a win. Everywhere but in the standings, that's a win. That's, I agree. I mean, we're not into moral victories. I get all that. But uh, who expected that to be a one-score ball game?
0: Not I, I so can you tell you go. that. Not I, and and, and nope. I, you don't think uh, Jason Garrett was sweating sitting next to Herm Edwards in the fourth quarter? After sitting Herm, next to Tony Dungy. I'm Don't Tony Dungy. Yeah, he's sitting <laughs> sitting there going, "Dang, Coach, you was right." <laughs> mm. <laughs> he the, almost pulled it off. The worst part is. A line of scrimmage in the fourth quarter is kind of what got them beat because of you know not being able to grab, grab uh, and and control Mahomes in the pocket. So you know, <laughs> I tell you if, what, you kn- was Travis Kelsey frustrated or what? I've never seen Travis Kelsey that angry, and I loved it every bit of it mm-hmm. except for when they didn't throw a penalty on him for being frustrated for 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 grabbing Anthony Adams in the in the end zone on that play oh yeah. not just that one but when he tore his helmet off and threw it off the field oh, that's yeah. a, that's a penalty well apparently it's not it's against the rules put it that way <clears throat> it may not always be a penalty but it's against the rules
1: yeah anyway we'll we'll get well more. i was
0: i was trying to elongate A little bit there because I was waiting on the end of the TCU Lipscomb women's basketball game. Oh Lord! (laughs) And it has it has. (laughs) That's that's all I was waiting for. (laughs) So so we can get to it now. We can get to the weekend results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown.
1: The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith based, Christ centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931 388 5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for
0: purpose. High school football action. It was Bartlett getting the 46 to 28 win, and I struggling to see that so I'm going to make it bigger 4628 went over centennial <laughs> it was beach 4922 over mcgavitt Cookville falls to Blackland 4920 Bledsoe County shuts out harpeth 22 nothing it was Brentwood 17 Collierville seven to save hmm. 76 <laughs> a uh, yeah Cane Ridge shutting out gals in 48-0. It was Chattanooga Christian, 27-7 winners over Good Pasture. Clarksville down John Overton, 47-14. And Lakeway Christian comes all the way over and edges out. Clarksville Academy 43-42 was Coffee County 28 Stewart's Creek 21 And CPA a 27-16 winner over Boyd Buchanan
1: Donaldson Christian with a 48-13 win over Fayette Academy It was Decatur County Riverside 56 Loretta 31 Dresden with a 45-14 win over Eagleville East Nashville outlasted White House 14 10. East Robertson Downs, Polk County 55 28. Fairview with a 47 6 win over Maplewood. Franklin Road Academy 49. Grace Christian of Knoxville 27. Giles County 46. Brainerd 8. Hardin County with the 14 7 win over Creekwood. Houston Downs, Independence 27 10. And Jackson Christian over Columbia Academy 49 40- 14.
0: In overtime, Lebanon holds on to defeat Riverdale, 41-34 in a barn burner. It was a, a, incredible to listen to on uh, Friday Night Live. Lexington down, F- Greenbrier, 40-6. to It was Middle Tennessee, Christian, 45. Tipton, Rosemark, 14. Mount Juliet, 43-6. Winners over Lincoln County. Mount Pleasant shutting out Scotts Hill, 41-0. Muntford 36. Clarksville, Northeast, 18. It was MUS, 17. Father Ryan, 10 Nolansville 41-3 winners over Wilson Central and Davidson Academy down North Point Christian, 29-14. Oakland with a
1: 65-0 shutout of Shelbyville. Page 48, Green Hill 21. Pearl Cone shuts out Jackson Southside, 38-0. Pope Prep with a 35-13 win over Briarcrest. Germantown comes to Ravenwood and gets a 30-20 victory. It was Adamsville, um, Sounds like the game of the night with a 35-34 win at Richland. Smith County shuts out Sycamore 41-0. Smyrna 27, Hendersonville 3. Is this a score, Gami? Portland 11, <laughs> Southwind 7. I don't even know how you get to the, 11. <laughs> I don't <laughs> – yeah, I'd love to see that score in summary. Springfield with a 27-7 win over Memphis Central. Waverly down threat for 52-24. Westmoreland with a 16-12 win over Meg. Also you know
0: potentially he? a score gami.
1: <laughs> I can see that when a lot of two-point conversions either gotten or not. Whitwell with a 38-13 win over Joe Burns.
0: An NBA action on Friday. It was the Grizzlies 130 Hornets 99. And then on Sunday, Grizzlies edge out the Wizards 103-97. In Major League Baseball, Dusty Baker gets his managerial ring. Astros down the Phillies 4 to 1 and the Astros win the series 4 to 2. In NHL play it was in a shootout the Predators a 4-3 winner over Vancouver after getting up early and doing what they do in the third period. And the Chiefs in overtime as we said 2017 winners over the Titans in overtime last night
1: college football action over the weekend Georgia defeated Tennessee in case you've been under a rock (laughs) 27-13 if you're listening to us you already knew that you also knew this South Carolina 38 Vanderbilt 28 Louisiana Tech with a 40-24 win over Middle Tennessee State in Ruston Austin P. downs North Alabama 38-35 and SEMO Southeast Missouri State with a 42-0 victory in Ohio Valley Conference action over host Tennessee State. Men's basketball action this weekend. Cumberland with a 70-64 win over Bryan College out of Dayton. Union with a 79-71 win over Cumberland. Trevecca Downs Covenant College 55-52. Columbia State defeats Shawnee out of Illinois, I believe, 71-45, and then falls to Vincennes, 76-51. Northeast Mississippi, 91, Ball State, 81, and Middle Tennessee State with a 79-52 win over Brescia.
0: Women's basketball action over the weekend and today, Cumberland. couple of wins, 75-52 over Thomas and 60-54 over Faulkner. Columbia State falls in a couple of g- games down in uh, Florida. Northwest Florida State 93-37 over Columbia State and Gulf Coast State 99-38 over the Lady Chargers. Vols State falls to Northeast Mississippi 72-58. And as I just mentioned, TCU with a 69-62 win at home against Lipscomb.
1: Men's basketball action tonight, six o'clock on ESPN plus Tennessee tech. It's at Thompson bowling arena against Tennessee at six 30 on ESPN plus Ohio university is at Belmont at seven. Austin P is at North Carolina state. That's also on ESPN plus as is Memphis at Vanderbilt seven o'clock and at eight o'clock on ESPN plus Fisk is at Tennessee state in junior college. Jackson, Trevecca's university team will be at the web, the Webster athletic center against Columbia state. That's a seven o'clock tip. And at eight thirty tonight, Gadsden state out of Alabama travels to Gallatin to take on the ball state pioneers.
0: Women's basketball action. Fisk is at Tennessee state. That'll be at five thirty on ESPN plus all of these uh, NCAA games on ESPN plus at six o'clock middle Tennessee state is at Mercer Austin P at home against Cumberland. And Vanderbilt goes to Western Kentucky at 6.30. In junior college, Jackson-Gadson State is at Vol State. That's a 6.30 tip. And Columbia State is at Meridian, also a 6.30 tip. In NBA action, the Celtics are at the Grizzlies. That's an 8 o'clock tip on Valley Sports Southeast. And on ESPN, Monday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens are at the New Orleans Saints. It's a 7.15 kickoff, and that is your Rundown. It's one of the longer ones we've had in a while, huh? Well, when you start getting college hoops back in action. Yeah. Just wait till we get high school hoops. <laughs> when in about high school week. basketball's in action. You remember those baseball rundowns? <laughs> baseball and softball from, from the spring. Yeah. yeah it's going to be like that for a while. Yeah. And uh, that's okay. Which means that if your business is out there and you want to sponsor something, that's about what? seven or eight minutes that your information will be on the screen. So I'm just saying. I'm not saying.
1: I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> so just just letting you know the rundown is available for sponsorship. Now, let's uh, top story today. <laughs> Frank Reich, finally gone. Can't believe he made it this long. <laughs> Fired your offensive coordinator last week. Scored three points this week. Realized maybe it wasn't the OC. <laughs> well, maybe, it, maybe it wasn't the guy who wasn't calling place. Mm. Mm. Go okay. figure. <laughs> so, Reich is out, and instead of elevating one of the. Any two, number of people. Well, it, one of the two former head coaches on your staff, including John Fox, who. Has been a pretty good head coach over in in his in his lifetime. He knows uh, a little something. He does, and instead of elevating him, they or decide to go.
1: I mean, I can understand not elevating Gus Bradley. I mean, he was Jacksonville, right?
0: So yes, but still, he's been a head coach. He understands mm-hmm. what it what, what it is, and he, he instead, has coached,
1: he has coached in the National Football League, got the head coaching position.
0: Yes. Well, the other guy has also been a head coach. Mm -hmm. He was at (laughs) some random high school in Georgia, Hebron Christian Mm -hmm. Academy in Dacula, Georgia. That'd be Jeff Saturday, the former center and pro bowler and everything. Mr. Everything. Ring of honor. Good for him. But what? Right. I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing here? Well, and, and i surely that was his response. <laughs> Wait a minute, you what? want you want me? Me for a while. Right, right. All That's... right. Whatever. <sighs> it is pretty funny though. Uh, you know, at this point, I was I was really hope, I was really glad we didn't end up in a tie last night because I was thinking, man three of the four AFC South teams having a tie in their record would just be bonkers. (laughs) So, but yeah, uh, Frank Wright gone. Colts will be looking for a head coach. This is now the second head coach that's been fired in the NFL during the season. And the first time Jim Irsay has ever fired a head coach in season. And I would
1: imagine it took quite a bit because they were all in at the beginning of the season. And so were a number of NFL experts who picked Indianapolis to win the AFC South as they always do
0: with I'm no really... real,
1: with no real basis.
0: The one guy on Monday morning quarterback club, the one guy, he like, he's the only person in the national media that consistently gives the Titans any credit. Hmm. I can't I can't think of his name off the top of my head. That's but, unfortunate because he deserves it, <laughs> some love. But but yeah, I mean he he's the only one. And it's it's just ridiculous. Um that you know we're sitting here what eight weeks into the season, and the Titans are by far and away the best team in this, in this division and, and given the work that this Titans team has, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So anyway, Jeff Saturday, I don't, I I mean, (laughs) good luck to you, buddy. Hey, he's got Jonathan Taylor though, right? Best running back in in the league. That's what I hear. That's what I'm told. Now it's Nick Chubb. It's anybody, but. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Well,
0: Anybody but
1: Henry, I, I think there must be someone who in, in Nashville who feels that way as well, given last night's second half.
0: Yeah, let's get into that, and we will do that right after we take a quick break right here on Main Street Sport. Kyle Brandt, thanks, Justin. <laughs> Kyle Brandt is his name. Um. We'll take a quick break here. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Reaction. Monday continues with uh, Titans Reaction right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is time to react to a little bit of uh, Tennessee Titans as the Titans fall last night in Kansas City, 20-17, to 17, in overtime uh, with a quarterback and no wide receivers to speak of and <laughs> a dominant defense, let's be honest. The, the defense is Super Bowl capable, uh, which is unfortunate considering, I mean, Hooker Hooker's not even on the field right now. Imagine if Harold Landry and Imani Hooker were on the field, both of those guys in injured reserve right now. This team, this defense would just be disgusting. And not that it already isn't, but it would be even more disgusting, Mo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I just thought defensively for what three quarters and some change. They they really played lights out. Um and, and again, we talked about how how well and how much they frustrated Travis Kelsey. Uh they had. Patrick Mahomes running for his life a lot. Um, and ultimately it, it was one time too many because when he broke the pocket on that third and seventeen and went for 20 yards, that that just kind of lit a fire under them offensively and, and they just rolled from there, basically.
0: But um well, I, he, I don't I mean he had to he had to scramble again for the touchdown. That was a third down play. It was third down and 10. Mm-hmm. That he scored on the, the touchdown on. So I well, mean, and
1: and and then
0: after they stopped two two point conversion attempts, he had to scramble it, again. Yeah. So, I mean, the defense did everything they could do, other than contain fifteen, which is not exactly the easiest thing in the world to do. In fact, it may be one of the tougher things to do in the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, what do you it's it's Patrick Mahomes, folks? (laughs) He's not chopped liver. No, no. And so I two questions. Um, and and this has been all over Twitter, but Mm -hmm. you know, and I said this last night, a lot of folks said this. You you saw it. I don't know how you can be upset with Derek, I mean, with, with Malik Willis last night. But plenty of people are. A lot of folks are. And I'm not sure I understand at all because Todd Downing is the problem here. He's been the problem for two years. I, I mean, I know that Ryan Tannehill made some bad decisions in that playoff game. But I, honestly, like, I don't know that Todd Downing put him in a the the best possible situation to make good decisions last year in the AFC you know first round or second round technically but I, this is my problem todd downing is the issue <laughs> not anybody i mean i know our receivers don't get a lot of separation but if they don't get if, if you know that and you've been knowing that then you have <laughs> to game plan around that they do nothing to stretch the defense to the sidelines to open up running lanes for Henry. Nothing at all. I don't know how that's a, that everybody in the world hates those wide receiver screens. I hate them, but. but they serve a purpose. And when you've got guys like Malik Willis, who, you know, it would be nice if, if, if we could throw a couple five yard hitches every now and then mm-hmm. just to get him in a rhythm. And 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 use those those perimeter pass plays as basically additional run plays just to stretch the defense. He does none of that. And it doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, I mean, when you start talking about what does or doesn't make sense, I mean, how many touches did Derek get in the second half?
0: Eight. So and and let me Mike Herndon, who yeah. Works for PaulKaharski.com, so take that as you will. All right. He tweeted that here are the second down, second down and distance for every drive in the second half. Second and 14, second and 10, second and 16, second and 8, second and 9, second and 6, second and 9, second and 8, second and 10, second and 9. Quote, the run game wasn't effective in the second half at all. Not sure how much more trying would have helped. To which I replied, one, you can't just run it on first down every time. And they did that uh, on one, two, three, four, five, six, on eight. No, I'm sorry. Seven of these 10 drives. And the last two were overtime and uh, the under two minutes. So of seven on these 10, 10 drives, they ran the ball on first down. Okay. Now, you can't just run the ball on first down, and if he doesn't get four yards, then we throw it, because that's exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. That is that is Todd Downing to a T. If if Henry gets four yards, he's getting it again. If he doesn't get four yards, we're throwing the ball. It's as predictable as you know Christmas, okay? But here's the thing: in the second half, you're you're ahead. Even if it is second and 16, second and eight, second and nine, I don't care because I've got two options. I can put the ball in the hands of Malik Willis and hope, or I can put the ball in the hands of Derrick Henry and hope. Mm -hmm. Now, between those two options, who are you taking? (laughs) Well, you'd like to think you would
1: take the more proven commodity, but who knows?
0: I mean to say that the run the run game wasn't effective at all in the second half. Okay, well the passing game hasn't been effective at all in 2 weeks. <laughs> so I just I I, I don't I, I think that's an absolutely terrible narrative that that is you're holding you're holding water for Todd Downing at this point. Mm-hmm. You just are. Now look. First and 10 at the 39. All you got to do is get points. You win the game, probably. Mm-hmm. And instead, you, let's see here. We get a first, you run the ball, run the ball first down. All right. Then you've run it again, take the deep shot, and then NWI drops it, which, again, I don't think it was a great throw. I think it was a catchable pass, but I don't think it was a great ball. If he had led him instead of, making him jump to catch it it's probably a touchdown mm-hmm. but that's not he, neither here nor there you have to catch that for Malik Willis if he puts it in your hands you've got to catch it no matter whether you had to turn around and grab it or not if it hits you in the hands you've got to catch the football well i
1: mean that's that's where you know you've got a young quarterback struggling and you've got to help him out help when him. the opportunity when the opportunity to do so presents itself you got to help your young
0: quarterback out then they throw the screen pass, which, again, two drives ahead of that, it was penalty, run, scramble, screen, punt. Once again, as predictable as Christmas, Todd Downing. It doesn't – I mean, all you had to do was get five more yards, run the football. (laughs) He stopped running Willis in the second half completely. Just stop, didn't, did not run the read option and tell him to keep it. Now, I I think, I think, I think Willis is a little afraid to keep it sometimes. I think he's afraid that folks are going to call him selfish or whatever. I think he's got a little bit of a complex about him. And, you know, and that's not necessarily his fault. I think he's just trying to do what he thinks is best for the team. And that's hand it to 22 if he can. (laughs) But sometimes he's got to keep it to make sure that the next time he does it, that 22 might have an option. Right. You, so that being said, you, you, you got to put, put some confidence in in his mind, give him mm-hmm. some play to get his confidence going and then lean on 22. It's not difficult. This is not hard. This is not rocket surgery. Well played, sir. anyway uh, that's my rant now On to you Denver you asked me a question last night and mm-hmm. told you my answer and has Derrick Henry maybe lost a step I mean it's it's probable he's hurt he was hurt yeah and and, and
1: that's that, I think that's maybe the um the aspect that gets lost, and and I may have lost it myself, I, I, you know, obviously he even took to social media last week when he was limited in practice and, you know, told everybody to chill, don't worry about it, everything is okay, but clearly he was limited in practice, so clearly that foot is not 100%, and it might be a situation where it's not going to be 100%, but i tell you what, right. he's... If he's not breaking runs to the house, he's certainly breaking long runs. And that's not a bad thing.
0: Well, both times last night that he got caught from home, which number 38 from, I don't know who 38 was for Kansas City, but he ran him down.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he,
0: was, he was 10, 15 yards behind him and ran him down. But even on both of those runs, he got chipped, mm-hmm. you know, inside the tackles that, that kind of slowed him down a little bit, which, you know, that that i think had a little bit to do with why he was tackled without taking it to the house but yeah i mean i i don't think he's a, i don't think he's going to be as fast as he was i mean he's 28 years old he certainly has more miles on him than uh you you know than he had 2 years ago that being said we don't need him to break 99 yard runs
1: but i i think we've gotten spoiled with him breaking 99 yard runs so
0: sure Sure, but even if he's lost a step, that doesn't change who Derrick Henry is. Derrick Henry is a he is a pounding back that's supposed to wear on a defense through four quarters and through a 17-game season. Then by the end of the year, you know, he's the way that he has trained is to be better by the fourth quarter, better at the end of the year. And to do that, you've got to run him for four quarters you can't you can't stop it just because he he goes for a yard on first down or 2 yards on first down doesn't mean you don't go back to him on second down All right well it's it's frustrating mainly because well mainly because you know we know what this this offense is supposed to be and apparently, Todd Downing wants it to be something completely different.
1: <laughs> but, but I will, and, say and and I guess as the offensive
0: coordinator, he can certainly do that. And and at some point, this has got to this this has got the buck has to stop with Vrabel. And here's the thing: I don't. I mean, I'm not in the press conferences. I, if I were, I would only be in one. <laughs> I wouldn't get. A, I wouldn't get to come back to a second one and that's probably why we don't get that question more often you know mm-hmm. it's probably why we don't get you know what are you doing to make sure this coaching staff is you know is the best it can be cuz honestly it's not the best it can be right now
1: well you know a lot of folks are going to tell you that that's because you know, you're playing with a backup quarterback, a rookie backup quarterback who is limited and that kind of thing. Um, it, that's that's gonna be the, the party line at this point. That's why the offense is not executing to its full potential right now.
0: Yeah, they weren't executing their full potential when Ron Tannehill was playing though, were they? No. I mean you and I no. know that. No. No, they weren't. So so that's it's it's a cop out answer. Mm-hmm. And, and look, Mike Vrabel is a great football coach for two reasons. One, he always has his teams ready to play, and he has his teams in intensity at a level that I have never seen a coach have a football team every single week. There are there there are great things that Mike Vrabel does, and look. And he's built a mentality here in Tennessee. You know, the next man up mentality has worked really well for this franchise. But at the quarterback position, again, how many times have I said it? There are 14 people in the entire world at any given time who can play the position at a high level. (laughs) And there are 32 teams. So (laughs) you do the math. Anyway. (sighs) On to Denver, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Man, talk about <laughs> talk about your all-time just didn't see that coming. The Denver Broncos. Just that team's a mess. That team's they are mess. an absolute mess. <laughs> and this is not the kind of team that you – you know, the Titans, after a physical game like that, they probably don't even want to play the Broncos right now because – you know, it's almost like it's a lose lose. If you win, <laughs> you're supposed okay, well, to. The, Bron- the Broncos are a mess. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you lose, uh, you know you okay. got you yeah. got issues. <laughs> and then you got to turn around and play the Packers, which, by the way, on a short week. Yeah, but good as this defense is playing, bad as Aaron Rodgers is playing, you feel mm-hmm. pretty good about the next two ball games. And, uh, the and- only the only issue is it's at Lambeau. And you don't it know what kind of weather
1: you're going to get in mid November, the Thursday before Thanksgiving.
0: Yep, that's that's the key right there. You don't know what kind of weather you're going to get. But anyway, <sighs> let's take a break, talk vols and SEC football. All right, we'll do it right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all stick around. AP, Tennessee Sports Editor. Three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome,
1: Teresa Walls. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was twenty. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that part before I go to bed every night. That
0: was nice. <laughs> has yeah. five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Other guy, Wham, married the best-looking girl, Bananarama. So other guy, Wham, had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back into Main Street Sports today presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint Reaction Monday here and well we have to <laughs> we're just going back in time we go from Sunday to Saturday in the big one and obviously Tennessee and Georgia Georgia with the 27-13 win over Tennessee in an absolutely dominant performance and let's let's just call it what it was it it absolutely could have been worse mm. uh, but it also could have been better Tennessee did not play its best football game um and georgia absolutely had a lot to do with that let's give credit where credit was due but mo you. you know a lot of a, a lot was made obviously of <clears throat> what to expect between these two teams uh, the best offense best defense and and who was going to prevail you know you have to just look at Georgia and say, my goodness, what a force. Mm -hmm. Because they lost, what, 15 draft picks last year? Five first rounders? They lost a
1: bunch. I don't know what the number was. And They lost about half their defense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and then lost what was supposed to be their best pass rusher. And then, oh, by the way, absolutely disrupted Hinton Hooker all day long. All day long. But I think part of the disruption of Hendon
1: Hooker was, I. he played like he expected to be disrupted.
0: See, I'm not sure. And I don't think that, and I know he said he was, but I don't think that Josh Heupel was expecting them to be that much better up front than Tennessee. Because it didn't feel like that they were prepared with their offense to combat being pressured. And I think, I think what happened was, you know, you look at that 38% pressure rate and you say, well, they've played Samford and Kent state in Missouri and nobody that's got a decent offensive line. That's why they're getting pressured there, but they're still not getting home. So we shouldn't have any problems. Right. So, Yeah, you know, and and I can understand thinking that. But once Mm -hmm. the first quarter was finished, (laughs) you gotta make some adjustments. And 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 at that point, I think Hendon Hooker was a little rattled, which you know as he should have been. Mm -hmm. And he was flustered. But
1: I mean, the way this offense has played all year, you gotta take some shots downfield. Now, I mean, maybe he didn't feel like he had time for those routes to develop. I'm not sure, but you know they they didn't they did not play the vertical passing game at all.
0: Well, that was that that was based on Georgia. Uh, you know, if you if you go back and kind of watch the pre snap uh, alignments, Georgia was playing eight ten yards off the ball every time. N- almost never did they have their corners oh. playing press coverage. They basically said okay, we're going to give you these, these four, five, six, seven-yard routes, and if you can hit them, hit them, but you're not going to beat us deep. And the problem was that Tennessee never consistently was able to hit those five, six, seven, eight-yard uh, slants, curls, etc. you know, out routes. They, when they did, they were successful. And then they got into the red zone. When Georgia was able to use sidelines and barriers as additional right. defenders, and they couldn't punch it in, kick field goals, can't do that and beat Georgia. So that's so, that was the so, difference in the ball game. So is that the recipe? Then are they going to see more of that the next three weeks? Well, that was that. That's a question that I asked in the uh, in this tweet here. Can other teams mimic what Georgia did to stop Tennessee? No. Because other teams aren't Georgia. Correct. This is exactly what Pitt did. I mean, this is the exact same thing that Pitt did defensively to Tennessee. They they tried to keep them in front. They tried to do those things. They couldn't do it because Pitt's not Georgia. Missouri's not Georgia. South Carolina's not Georgia. Vanderbilt's certainly not Georgia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You and, just had to throw that extra descriptive in there, didn't you? Well,
0: <laughs> I mean it. It just is what it is. Look, I mean, and 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 here's the thing: if they make it to a New Year's Six Bowl and they don't make the playoff, that team ain't going to be Georgia either. Georgia either, yeah. So it's not a. It's an, I mean, it's not a knock on anybody other than the fact that it's. It, it just goes to show that Georgia's the, the most talented defensive team in the country. Here's
1: the thing, and here's what I think there is a faction of Tennessee fans that get this, but for those that don't, public service announcement, the loss is the only thing that Tennessee got out of Saturday. N- negative. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else that was impacted. I mean, they they can't win an SEC championship. Okay. You didn't think they were going to anyway. No, they can, there's still a path and it's not a arduous one to the college no. football playoff.
0: No, I mean, if, 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 you know? if you're talking about the top four teams in the country right now, and let's, I mean, records aside, if you're talking about the top four teams in the country, Tennessee is one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, TCU Period. is probably,
1: TCU is probably going to be ahead of them, but I think they're going to be fifth. I and think they're going to
0: be sixth
1: behind TCU and if
0: if TCU is ahead of them, TCU will not be in the top four. Michigan will put, will move up if, if, if Tennessee drops out, Michigan will be the number four. And it'll be, we'll talk about it tomorrow, but you're right. The fact is that no, the only thing that you can't do is win the SEC. Mm -hmm. Period. And that's unfortunate because you know you really felt like you had a a good opportunity in this a year that you felt like West seems to be (laughs) you felt like
1: you had a good opportunity two weeks ago. You didn't feel like you had a good opportunity two months ago,
0: right? Right. No. So, and that's that's what I kept telling folks. I was like, "Look, am I disappointed? Yes, I'm disappointed because it would have been really cool to see Tennessee go to Atlanta and." Win an SEC championship and and all that goes with that. Be number one from start to finish, et cetera, et cetera. That would have been really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But it was a win-win situation on Saturday. If you if you lose, you go eleven and one. You don't have to worry about playing Alabama or LSU again, and you're in a New Year's Six bowl no matter what. You're you're going to the Sugar Bowl with absolutely no question about it, you're going. And if you win, well, you have a shot at the SEC Championship and you are an absolute lock for the college football playoff. Now, right now, ESPN has Tennessee with a 77% chance of making the playoff. Because uh, you – you really
1: have to struggle to find another loss for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I mean to struggle. real. You, you would definitely have to do some calisthenics.
1: Yeah, I mean, some
0: some mental gymnastics. Who who of these last three. The only game that, you're on the, that, that that's Carolina? on the road is South Carolina. And they're just not good. I mean, they're they're just not. Now, can Spencer Rattler, you know, make you look silly? probably, but they're not going to stop Tennessee. And here's the other thing, by the way, just throwing this out there, and this is exactly why I said the only reason that I was scared of Georgia, Will Muschamp. Dude has sold his soul to somebody <laughs> to not lose to Tennessee. Florida, South Carolina, didn't matter. That dude's on the sideline. We're not beating them. Whoever it is, I, it could be Album A and M, and Tennessee couldn't beat him.
1: That's a stretch, but
0: well, I'm, maybe I'm going to indulge you. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's just how it feels. It feels like mm-hmm. we're just not going to beat this guy, no matter what. We're just not going to beat him. So, look, Tennessee's fine. It's not mm-hmm. doomsday. Thank you to LSU for one, because you just made that. You just made. That win over you guys look, you guys being at what six and two now seven and two, versus six and three, mm-hmm. is a world of difference. Alabama seven and two, their two losses to top ten top ten teams. They're not dropping out of the top ten. They're probably going to go to ten. And so if you, <laughs> Tennessee's got two top ten wins. And their only loss is to Georgia, but I do have one question, mm-hmm. and I'm—I wanted—I've I've been waiting to say this on the air because I want to get it on the record, and I want it out there in the in, in the ether in the universe. Georgia fans have put out this narrative that Kirby somehow took his foot off the gas. At what point in the history of Kirby Smart has Kirby Smart taken his foot off the gas? What would be the basis for him doing so? what why, why would he do that? would he take his foot off the gas? He was absolutely dominating. why 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 would he stop? Why would you why would you risk Tennessee's offense? having opportunities to score. Well, particularly in this day of the CFP where style points do matter. Especially when you have, this is your easy your biggest win. Of course, you know, Oregon still looks really good, but you beat Oregon 49 to three. Why would you not beat Tennessee 49 to three? If you could 46, whatever. Yeah. Well, why, why wouldn't you?
1: Well, exactly. Uh, And I don't know what is to be gained from Kirby taking his foot off the gas. And so, I mean, what, him and Heifel are
0: big boys or something or what? No, I, no, absolutely not. There's no way. And here's the other thing. Look, a lot of folks saying, well, Georgia just ran the clock down in the second half. Georgia, ran, Georgia had that first drive, the, the field goal that they ended up kicking on the first mm-hmm. drive. After that first drive, they ran 11 plays the rest of the game, 11. They went three and out three times.
1: Yeah. I I don't think there was any removal of any feet from gas or <laughs> anything else.
0: So in that case, defensively, you have to feel like Tennessee feels really good. About holding that team to 27 points? Yeah. Three points in the second half. Mm-hmm three points in the second half. Whatever adjustments you made worked. I'll tell you what I'd do. Whatever Shane Bowen did last night to Travis Kelsey, that's what (laughs) I'd do to Brock Bowers. Figure out that game plan. Call him up. Can you give me your game plan for Travis Kelsey. I,
1: I think Brock Bowers would handle it better than Travis Kelsey did.
0: Maybe. But it's the only chance you've got to slow him down. Yeah. So yeah. That
1: that's what I talent. would do. That Figure it out. Talent.
0: Yeah. And can we give Stetson Bennett his, his just due? I don't know why people, if, if Stetson
1: Bennett was three inches taller, he would be on everybody's draft radar. He would be number one overall. And, and, you know, I said it last postseason, maybe even earlier. I mean, everything that that kid has been through to be the starting quarterback of the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, he's, he gets my respect. That's for sure. I mean he's a player. He can sling it. He's tough as nails. I and mean, you saw it on that touchdown run early. Um absolutely. Not. I mean if 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 I am I know that there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this league and we talked about it during the preseason and we talked about it over the course of the season but I don't think Stetson Bennett backs down from any of them.
0: No. Give me Stetson Bennett against anybody, and he's no worse. Yeah. Yeah. Put him up against anybody. If Tennessee had had Stetson Bennett, I'm not sure the game is is much different. I, I don't. Yeah. But I don't I, think it, it's worse, is my point. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Stetson Bennett is is kind of who you have in mind when when Bear, when they said about Bear Bryant, he could take his and beat your and yes. take your and beat his. And I mean, I, I don't think you're any worse with Stetson Bennett at quarterback than whoever you've got if you're in the SEC.
0: And most of them would be better. So you know. most most folks would be better. You don't th- you don't think Jimbo Fisher would love to have Stetson Bennett right now? <laughs> I mean, let's. let's I don't honest.
1: think Stetson Bennett's dumb enough to go, though. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, he's not. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, and we'll move on to the SEC now. Uh, Vanderbilt used two of them. You know, I did not watch
1: a snap of that ball game. I guess I was watching Alabama LSU
0: because I'm well, a I one screen I, guy. Well, I, I was in the car when I was watching on my way home from. Uh, that the wedding on mm-hmm. Saturday, uh, listening to Alabama LSU. But AJ Swan, 10 of 18, 127, two touchdowns and a pick. Mike Wright, eight of 15, 101, one touchdown and a pick, six carries, 43 yards, 7.2 yards a carry. Hmm. So I asked you before, on Friday, would they use two quarterbacks? And they did. They did. And the problem is that I don't think you're any closer to figuring out who the guy is next year than you were on Friday
1: after Saturday. And both those guys are underclassmen, right? I mean, obviously, Swan is. Swan's a freshman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior? I think Wright is a junior. So, I mean, the obvious question becomes: Does he stick around? Uh,
0: I mean, <laughs> again, if you're, you know, if you're out here, here's the thing: your best wide receiver, Will Shepard, who is incredibly good, mm-hmm. he's not going to be there next year. Mike Wright is a junior. Um, Shepherd's a junior, but yeah, I mean, right now, if he came out, hmm. he's a he's a he's a top two three round. He's a, he's a top three round draft pick. And
1: if you are a receiver from Vanderbilt who is a top three round draft pick, if you're going on the first in the first two days. You got to go. What are you coming back for? Uh, Cuz you exactly. don't know what your quarterback situation is going to be if you do come back. There you go. You can only hurt yourself.
0: That's correct. So, and see Vanderbilt had a great second half. Whatever whatever Clark Lee did at halftime, which maybe South Carolina took their foot off the gas. Um, but <laughs> yeah because shane beamer would do that i mean it was 31 14 at the half and i don't i mean i don't have the scoring summary ahead of me so i don't know if 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 it was ever 38 to 14 but you know ray davis with 167 yards 8.3 yards a carry by the way for vanderbilt it seems like the offense played pretty darn well outside of two turnovers and maybe those two turnovers were killer. I I don't know. I just I wish that I knew. But it just doesn't it felt like a game that Vanderbilt had a chance to win and and then it 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 kind of appears that instead of just trying to win it with a quarterback, he was trying to decide who he wanted his quarterback to be. <laughs> I think if you just let one of those two go, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you probably have a better chance to win that football game. Of course, defensively, they got to play better.
1: Yeah, I mean, neither of the quarterbacks had anything to do with giving up
0: 38 points. Trying to, you know, you get into the, uh, let's see here, play-by-play, which is, Interception on the first drive of the game. At their at 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 Vanderbilt's forty-two. Of course, he threw it downfield. So, you know, that interception turns into seven points. Okay. Second half. Maybe maybe the quarterback did have something to do with thirty-eight points. Well. No, because Mike Wright's interception came with a minute left to go in the game, and they're they're trying to, you know, they're trying to score late. You know, they're. Mm-hmm. I think he threw it into the end zone, and that was, you know, but they also fumbled. Of course, it led to a fumble. So, um, fumble turns into a field goal. They missed a field goal. See, so you miss a field goal, that you're you're one score down if you make the field goal. All right. So Vanderbilt had its opportunities. I, I think, you know, look, let's get, let, let's, Vanderbilt is improving. Slowly. But what but yeah. they're, but, they, but they've got to, they, they've got to make decisions and improve from there. They can't, you, you can't have two quarterbacks, especially one that's a freshman and one that's a junior. You just can't. Yeah. You got to make a decision. You you got
1: to make yeah, and and you got to pick somebody and go and and, I mean, I I think it's almost like they're trying to keep both those guys happy so they can keep them around. But I mean, if one of them's not going to be your guy, then does it really matter if he's there or not? No. And, well, and I mean, I, I, yes, I'm, yes, it I'm, does.
0: Ask ask the Titans. <laughs> It's nice to have a guy that you can count on that's sitting on the sideline. Well, you I mean can have one.
1: It's not like the Titans guys are gonna transfer, though. That's that's a difference. But I mean, um I'm still a little shocked that Ken Seals is still there.
0: Well, maybe he's thinking what you're thinking. One of them's gonna lose, leave. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's just it's it's unfortunate. I, I don't think Vanderbilt's the biggest loser from the weekend. I think Alabama is because – and I think conversely LSU's the biggest winner because, you know, obviously LSU now has a chance to play for an SEC championship and they're probably going to do so based on their schedule. Their remaining schedule is not – I think they've got um, – I know they've got Texas AM and left and I think Mississippi State maybe? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Nope. Arkansas they've got Arkansas left yeah. and then Alabama's out for the first time since you know what 2013 Alabama does not have a chance to play in play its way into the playoff I, I don't know of any other time that they've been out of the playoff discussion before the Iron Bowl well this makes up for it because they are they're done
1: um And Alabama fans are not handling it very well.
0: No, no, they're not. How, how much of a, I'll say that, young Alabama fans are not handling it well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> folks who remember the mics understand kind of what they've got <laughs> the and what they've been doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you have what 3 of 4. I, <laughs> yeah. In yeah. a row there. So if you remember the mics, then you feel pretty good about where you're at. And most of m- most of the people, you know, that I interact with do. Now, Twitter different world. Um but you I mean, you can't. And and here's the thing. Alabama's still 2 plays away from being 9 and hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. So, those two losses to top 10 teams in a 12 team playoff, they're probably a nine, nine seed, eight seed. They'd be close yeah. to getting a home playoff game. Sure. And you certainly wouldn't want to see him again if you realized you were Tennessee. I mean, even no, no matter oh, what. No, you said no, he... once is enough there. <laughs> oh. No, thank you. Yeah. We're so good. but I mean, yeah, it's it, Alabama is the biggest loser from the weekend in the SEC, I think. Um, even Arkansas losing to Liberty, which by the way, Hugh Freeze had never won at Arkansas mm. before mm. Saturday.
1: He he'd beaten Alabama. However many times that he never won at Arkansas.
0: Okay. Never won at Arkansas. He said, I come up here with a lot of really good football teams and could never get it done, but y'all got it done today. So <laughs> Arkansas team that we thought was easily, if not I mean, Alabama. If who? not
1: Alabama. Yeah.
0: LSU was not on our radar.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, tip of the cat, tip of the cap to BK, man. I mean, and, and I mean, They weren't on our radar at the start of the season. They lose to what I didn't think was a very good Florida State team right out of the box. They got drilled at home by Tennessee and and haven't
0: lost since. And and, and Jaden Daniels has looked like a completely different quarterback since that Auburn game. Mm -hmm. It's like the Tennessee game gave him the confidence he needed to be the quarterback he could be. Well, he's certainly been that. You know, after that tennis, after, after that, I thought, my goodness, how did we just give up 300 plus yards to this guy who only had 80 against Auburn? Well, now I know he's pretty darn good. And if not for that week one loss to Florida state, which I think Joel Klatt said this last week and I'm stealing it from him, but I'm going to give him credit. We've, one of the things that the 12-team playoff is going to do is give some mercy to these week one games. Mm. Give some mercy because LSU was, I mean, they, they missed the field goal. That would have won the game. <laughs> I mean, crap. You know? Yeah, they lost. But it was the first game of Jaden Daniels at LSU it was the first game of Brian Kelly's at LSU. It, it and I know it was also, you know, Mike Norvell, all of those things. I get that. But I mean, you let, let's let's give some grace. And now that LSU has gone out and won a couple of big ball games, they you kind of have to extend them some because well, they're probably going to be in Atlanta. Well, I don't I don't think you have to extend them any. I think they've just taken it.
1: They they've forced you, and uh, you you got to pay attention to us because we played our way back into this situation.
0: They really throw a wrench into things, don't they? Do they though? Well, I think that I think the Florida State game throws a wrench into it. I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> I mean. Uh... One team has two losses. One team has one loss. One team has a win over a common opponent. And that's Clemson. Uh, That's, I mean, in in the world of college football, that's the way you have to think about it. I don't
1: look at this thing as deeply as you do. Clemson just got drilled by Notre Dame. Notre Dame is off the radar. So to me, Clemson is off the radar and their win over Florida state is just their win over Florida state who beat LSU in week one is, is a, doesn't,
0: doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But in the world of college football, you have, you're going to have to talk that through if you're in the room, right? If you're making these rankings. Well, I mean, who 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 does that impact?
1: I mean, are you probably are you nobody.
0: Saying, I mean probably I, probably nobody. Unless something else crazy happens, right? Unless Tennessee loses again or you know, when once TCU loses at some point. They've still got to play Baylor and Texas. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose to somebody. Once TCU loses,
1: that clears some stuff up. I think Ohio State, Michigan clears some stuff up.
0: But what happens? What happens if Michigan or Ohio State slip? I mean, Michigan was losing at halftime to Rutgers. Ohio State, you know, I know the wind and all of those things that go along mm-hmm. with that, but they couldn't even run the ball on Northwestern. Right, right. So
1: so when you say, what if Michigan or Ohio State slip, you mean
0: before they play each other? Yeah. Or in the Big Ten Championship game against Illinois or some stupid crap. Because these rankings matter now, but they also matter in Week 12. Yeah, I think think whoever wins
1: Ohio State-Michigan It's probably the Big Ten's only shot, and if they
0: lose in the Big Ten Championship game, then they're out. I would think. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, in the my point is Mm -hmm. that ranking where you rank LSU and where you rank Clemson this week impacts Mm -hmm. the college football playoff in Week 12 after the SEC after the conference championship games. That's why I'm thinking it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan,
1: or Georgia. They're not going to rank two conference teams.
0: They didn't last right year. behind The other they did Georgia and Alabama last year, uh, two and three, which was weird. But
1: it is weird because it's because they
0: play and just yeah,
1: theoretically, they would play each other the week after, right? Yeah. I think your top four, though, is going to be, and and you don't, you don't think TCU is going to be in the top four, and that's a difference. I think it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee five.
0: I don't think I think Tennessee is going to be in the top four. You do or don't? I do.
1: You think Tennessee's still going to be in the top four? Yeah.
0: If again, like Wes Rucker said, the yeah. fact is that if TCU's resume last week wasn't better than Alabama's, it certainly isn't better than Tennessee's this week. And and I. Which is why it was so important. Like I said, so where you are, the first ranking, it's where you're at in the first ranking, it's where you're at in the second ranking that impacts week 12. Mm -hmm. They don't think TCU is very good because TCU isn't very good,
1: they're just undefeated.
0: (laughs) They've just, and that's it. That a lot of folks say, well, they won. Okay. Well, they didn't play Georgia okay they 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 didn't they they just didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't play the number one team in the country, yeah, something said well they did Tennessee couldn't do they won I said no, they didn't they didn't beat Georgia that's the only thing Tennessee couldn't do was beat Georgia,
1: yeah, I mean if you flipped their schedules, what would happen
0: oh dear God mm-hmm. me, you know that the 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 california rankings that we that we've put up here before, yeah. Uh, only f- uh, five teams, five percent of teams in college football, could do what Tennessee has done. Essentially, what they said is that Tennessee has the most impressive record, even at eight and one, than TCU and Georgia at nine and zero. I can see that because of their schedule. Look, Tennessee's got two top ten wins. Those two wins on their own. Are better than anybody else's wins outside of Georgia. But you put them on the same resume? I don't, two top 10 wins. And these are not teams that were ranked top 10 and then fell out. These are top 10 right now wins. Mm-hmm. I, Tennessee's going to be in the top four. They've got to be. Thanks, you. Thank you, Clemson. Thank you, Clemson. We mm-hmm. appreciate it. No hey.
1: doubt. Getting a Notre solid, maybe we, we got a couple of solids from Dabo actually because he's if Tennessee is in the top four, it's because of Clemson, and we don't have to worry about Clemson
0: anymore. There you go, I'm all for that, no doubt. Let's take a break. We've been on this for like 30 minutes, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back. Uh, We'll talk briefly about high school football. College hoops also starts tonight. We want to get into that just uh, briefly as well. Memphis and Vanderbilt, I think, is kind of a big deal. So uh, we'll get into that as well. But first round, high school football was this Friday. We'll react to that right now, uh, right after this, on Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Y'all stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Reaction Monday continues here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Mo, Week. Uh, round one of the two double double A playoffs is complete. And you mentioned it in the rundown. Richland Adamsville may have been the the game of the weekend. And I still don't understand exactly what happened. <laughs> and uh, it, it's unfortunate for Richland as they um, had a great season. First time they've hosted a playoff game since 1990 and certainly felt like they were going to win the game. I mean, they had, they had a lead with less than two minutes to go and, a series of infor- of unfortunate events of Lemony Snicket.
1: Um, I, I need somebody to explain to me. Richland was up 28-27. Correct.
0: With less than two minutes to go in the game. They scored a touchdown. That's correct. To so go 34-27. 34-27.
1: They decided to go
0: for two. Well. Yes. Yes, but they didn't just go for two, Mo. They
1: they went for two out of extra point formation, and they did the snap it to the holder, flip it over your head to the kicker, streaking to the corner of the end zone. He did not get there. Didn't even catch the ball. Did not catch the ball. That's right. Yeah. From the video that, that Landon Seacrest provided of the play and kudos oh, to him. I haven't
0: seen, I haven't seen his video. I, I took a video from X Sports. Uh, Is that where it was from? I thought yeah. Landon
1: had video.
0: Okay. I don't think well, so.
1: I, okay. Well, I saw a video somewhere and I assumed it was Landon who was covering it for us.
0: My fault. Either Sorry. Way. Kudos I, to Landon.
1: At, at, at any rate. <laughs> um, Again, went for two out of extra point formation, didn't get it 34-27. And then Adamsville comes down with their ace returner rusher who got a 60-yard kickoff return and then finished off a 333-yard rushing night with a with his fifth touchdown, I think. And they went for two and got it. So two things. Why do you go for two there? And addendum, if you're going to go for two there, why don't you just run line up in an offensive formation?
0: Well, the answer to your second question shouldn't matter because the answer to your first question is, I don't know. Look, Richland has missed their share of extra Mm. points this year, plenty of them. And 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 I get that.
1: And if you are concerned with that, then run I it, get going for play. two.
0: But run Line a play. up in the Notre Dame box and mm. let Ethan Workman run right behind Josh Workman and score your two points, put the game out of reach, go to the second round. Yeah. But here's what happened. They missed the they they missed the two-point conversion, and then they kick it to a guy who apparently Should never be kicked to. Should not be kicked to.
1: (laughs) In fact, Adamsville coach Brandon Gray said afterwards, I was surprised they kicked it to him.
0: They kicked it to him. He took it inside the 15. They scored one play later. Get the two-point conversion, and the rest is history.
1: The rest is history, and Adamsville is going to Lewis County, and Richland is going to the house. Nobody kicks to him. He's returned three of four three of four kicks this year. They kicked it to our best returner and they believed in their kickoff team and we believed in ours, is the quote from Brandon Gray.
0: Which again, kudos to Landon secrets for covering it the way he did. I thought thought he did a great job and captured the essence. It was just a yeah, I mean, an unfortunate uh, unfortunate end to a great season. For yeah. Richland, I think it was. Here is the thing, you know, he didn't have to score the last touchdown. I mean, I and look, I am not upset at Ethan Workman who scored his thirtieth touchdown of the season on that play. By the way, <laughs> that's insane. Kids, not not,
1: not not a Mister Football semifinalist though.
0: No, no, apparently not, not good enough. But I mean, it's just like everything that could have gone wrong there after that did. I'm not going to fault a kid for scoring. Oh, no, no, not at all. It just, it. Every but the dis-
1: the possession may have been more important than the points as it turned out.
0: Correct. I mean, hindsight's 50, 50, man. Yeah. I got all SEC coach isms today. <laughs> um. Not only that, uh, but Let's see. East Nashville having to hold on 14-10 over White House. Didn't see that one coming. And as I mentioned earlier, Region 7-6A saved by the Bruins. Thank goodness for the Bruins, huh? And poor Collierville. It's two years in a row. They've they've had they've had their season end in the first round, uh, to a team they didn't that that probably in hindsight, you don't think you should have lost to. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: um, but I, I, I really kind of felt like by the end of the year, you could have, and, and you you dang near did with, with four of them coming into week 11 at three and one in region play. Uh, you almost felt like you could throw Brentwood, Ravenwood, Indy, Centennial into a bag and draw them out any kind of way. And, and
0: same for region eight, because they were all eight and two, weren't they?
1: They were all eight and two overall, but clearly they're. Region records were different, but um, yeah,
0: well, well, yeah, but I mean, at, going into week eleven, probably could have thrown all of those into a hat and drawn some out. Yeah, so, but um, that's uh, that's what's so you know, it's kudos to Mem- the Memphis area teams because look, last year they were it was their first year back after COVID. Clearly, they've you know been able to get get some things right. Mm-hmm over the last 24 months. Yeah. And good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't really see any other, like, huge, you know, upsets or or anything like that. I, <sighs> hey, I, I want to say this. Um, shout out to Creekwood. You, you know, that's what's – it's so unfortunate because that defense is just so darn good.
1: Well, i mean they they went they went on the road to hardin county which has been a tough out for the last four or five years mm-hmm. and held those guys to two touchdowns in savannah and lost 14-7 i mean that's again there there are no moral victories and and they're done for the year but they they went down there and they put up a heck of a fight
0: that defense man creekwood's defense all year long just has been sensational Clarksville is rolling uh right now just mm. rolling and and they get cane Ridge this week and I think that's going to be a heck of a football game we'll see I think Kane Ridge is playing really well right now well I think both of them are which is why I think it's going to be a very good yeah. football it's it's going to be a, a really it's going to be a dogfight uh, and Lebanon, they get Oakland after Oakland ended their season last year. Got a got a little uh, revenge on the mind after a 41-34 overtime win over Riverdale. Uh, that was a tough one, though. And, and this is one of the things that I talked about with Kit Hartsfield at Mount Pleasant. You know, when you're able to kind of coast in round one and get some guys out in the second half and, and rest a little bit and then, You've got your next opponents playing in one of those two, three dog fights. It's a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to worry about that. Those guys are gonna be tired. And now you, you know, you you've got a little rest in week twelve. You
1: know, um, that Mount Pleasant game. <laughs> they scored two special teams touchdowns. They did. Returned a you, punt and blocked a punt. And blocked a, a punt. And, you you know, you don't see that a lot. Especially, again, at the 2A level. I think this Mount Pleasant team is built a little different than a lot of these teams.
0: Held Scott's Hill to 71 yards total? Uh, Well, yes, but <laughs> before Mount Pleasant started getting some of those starters out on defense... Scotts Hill had eight total yards eight they had 60 63 yards on one drive or two drives sorry and both of those came deep in the fourth quarter <laughs> so yeah eight total yards by the and, and outscored them on the year 84 to nothing yeah because they been in 44, nothing. 40, in 41 and
1: 43. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but, eighty yeah. <laughs> well, that defense is gonna get challenged because Riverside rocked Loretta for five hundred and sixty two yards. Yeah. Riverside's uh, Riverside. got a running back that went for two ninety one and five.
0: But they also they, they don't they run the uh they, they run a version of the wing T too. I believe so. I think. Um I don't think you can run – I mean, I know that what Columbia did, but there aren't a lot of Caden McCoys out there in Class 2A. Um, I don't think you can run a wing T against this defensive front and be successful for four quarters. They're just so good.
1: Well, um, uh, you mentioned Gavin Alderson and Connor sure Scherer- up front. And then you've got um, Archibald and Matthew Holden at the linebacker spots. I mean, those
0: guys, they do a really good job getting to the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you stay at home on those, those uh, buck sweep counters, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Now, look, I, credit to Loretto. They had a great year. Their defense, not great. Mm-hmm. It's uh, certainly not Mount Pleasant great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I'm expecting, uh, an interest. I'm expecting a good football game. Look, Riverside's always good. This is a great mm-hmm. football program. They're always good. But this is a Mount Pleasant team that, like you said, built different.
1: Yeah. Um. We're we're getting close, and we, are. we want we want to mention that college basketball has started. Chris was watching. Lipscomb at TCU women earlier. Um, I watched Middle and Brescia, too, a
0: little bit on Twitter earlier um, today.
1: We've got Memphis at Vanderbilt. I guess this is Memphis's first trip to Nashville since – well, anyway. Um, But at Dickey V on Twitter, most intriguing opening game is Memphis basketball at Vanderbilt as I am one cent Penny Hardaway versus – Jerry Stackhouse, and I would read the Twitter handle, but anyway. You're blocked. Loads of cupcakes today being given out versus the Power Conference teams. Penny and Jerry will truly get a reading on their team's strengths and weaknesses. Day one. So so, so Dickie V will be paying attention to the goings-on at Memorial Gym
0: tonight, apparently. going to be a good one. Also, before we get out of here, Mo, got some folks who are uh, up for the hall of fame and
1: now this the, is this is a committee this isn't a, a vote vote right
0: correct this is a committee vote Which my question is, is what are what, are, what, what the uh, what's the what's the word for uh, recent Starts one on of the C. yeah um anyway what mm-hmm. are we doing here bottom left
1: What with McGriff,
0: San Diego? Come on,
1: <laughs>
0: come on, man!
1: Yeah, that that's that's not the portion of his career that that gets him considered for this. That's for sure. But
0: you couldn't have two Braves side by side, I guess. Yeah, contemporary, contemporary. That's it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It was going to bug me if I didn't come up with it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. The contemporary committee is choosing. I this is Bonds Clemens.
1: Oh, you, you got Joey Bell, I'm sorry, Albert Bell, Bonds, Joey. Clemens, Mattingly, McGriff, Dale Murphy,
0: Palmero, and Schilling. So Ralph, the pride of Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you're choosing one of those, who are you choosing? If I'm choosing one, ooh, goodness. Yeah, it's a tough one.
1: If I'm only choosing one,
0: my initial reaction was McGriff.
1: Honestly, I think so. too. then and then Dale
0: hit me. So, I think it's McGriff. my My top three would be McGriff, Murph, and political ideologies. Be damned, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking baseball, and if we're not talking baseball, that's probably Albert Bell. <laughs> I I have to really.
1: I'm so, so torn about Bonds. Because he was a Hall
0: of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Before 2000, he was a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. But, you it'll know, be also...
1: To, it'll it'll yeah. be interesting to see how the committee handles that.
0: Well, if you put Bonds in, you got to put Clemens in, right? Is Clemens... Five Cy Youngs or something? Is, is Clemens a all time leader in anything? Cy Young's outside of Cy Young, is he? <laughs> Pretty sure he got he won like five of them. I
1: I don't know. I mean, but I mean Bonds is the the all time home run leader. Uh, it's it's kind of tough for him not to be in there. I think.
0: So yeah, I we'll mean, see. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right. That's going to do it for our today's show. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We are going to be back tomorrow with more reaction to college basketball, everything else that's going on, uh, more college football. And of course we will preview the college football playoff rankings. What do we think they'll look like? We've already given you our top four, but that could change. We'll talk. (laughs) We'll get there uh, tomorrow as well. So, Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Chip Walters will join us, and it's Top 5 Tuesday. All of that coming your way tomorrow on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. For Mo Patton and Justin Kulik, I'm Chris Yow saying so long. We'll see you later.